0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 10 of the Passion Effects podcast, I'm Jack Pittman. Here on the podcast, we are passionate about helping you find happiness and purpose through following your passions. Today, I'm joined with Brittany Grenier. She is a mental health therapist that specializes in helping adults overcome substance abuse. She's also the host of a podcast called Peace With Pain. I'm so excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking about An important topic that is mental health. She's here to share some practical advice on how we can look after our mental health and how you can build resilience. Brittany, welcome to The Passion Effect. It's great to have you.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here.
0: So Brittany, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey to becoming a mental health therapist?
1: Sure. Uh, So I always thought I wanted to be a school teacher, actually. And I remember my guidance counselor telling me, you should really think about, you know, being a social worker or being a therapist. I think you'd be really good at it. And I was like, nah, it's not for me, man. But then I got to college and I had to take a Psych 101 course. And I realized, gosh, this is really good stuff. I really like it. Maybe I'll just take another class. Maybe I'll just minor in it. And eventually I just accepted that this was the thing that I needed to do with my life. And here I am.
0: So what started out as a little bit of an interest has turned into a passion. What is it that you love about mental health and why is it so important?
1: Well, I love that everyone has a story and I truly believe that we can all heal from our wounds. And I love that mental health or psychology is is such a new science that we're always still learning new things about it. And in fact, we'll never fully understand the human mind because we use our brain to study the brain. And so therefore we're limited in that way. And to me, that's just super cool. And it's just something that I always want to keep learning about. So I'm excited to be a part of it and in the field.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It's a very important conversation that we're having here, but obviously there are different specializations within mental health. So what was it that led you to specialize in substance abuse mental health as opposed to some other specialization?
1: Sure. So I was working as a family therapist prior and I really felt burnt out I didn't feel like it was the right job for me. I thought I was going to actually completely leave therapy altogether and totally start anew. My friend had reached out to me who I had interned with previously, and she was like, hey, you should really come work with me. I think you'd like it here. And at that point, I was like, what do I have to lose? Might as well give it a shot. So I I did, and I ended up really loving it.
0: What factors contribute to people abusing substances and what are the impacts both socially and economically, do you think?
1: There's a lot of answers to this question. And the first thing I want to say is that no one is immune to addiction. It affects everyone, regardless of your age, race, gender, whether you're rich or poor, it does not discriminate. So I will say that the people that tend to fall into addiction are often much more emotionally sensitive and not necessarily in a bad mm-hmm. way. It's just they feel things a little bit bigger than others. And with that, they have a lack of coping skills. You know, maybe they learned from their parents, oh, when we feel a certain way, we drink to cope. And that's modeled to them and they continue on that behavior. Sometimes addiction is a reaction to trauma. Someone said to me once, that substance use is a lame attempt at a happy life. And your intent with using is truly just to feel better, right? We all at the end of the day want to feel better. And this is just their way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And finally, I want to say most of the time, it's a lack of connectedness to others. Oftentimes when people come to us, they're really lonely. So their drug of choice is their friends. And that's what keeps them feeling okay to get through the day.
0: From a psychological perspective, why do you think it's difficult for people to overcome addiction?
1: A number of reasons. I think access to care. Here in America especially, you have to have health insurance to get treated and not everyone has that opportunity. And so we are limited in that way. Overcoming addiction is really hard. There's not enough support and education out there really to to lead these people to the resources that they need to get better.
0: That's a really interesting point you just made. I think as well, it also starts with believing that you can change as well. And I think that's where people like psychologists and mental health therapists come into play, especially.
1: Absolutely.
0: What methods do you use to treat people affected by substance abuse?
1: So there's a lot of methods. Our program, in particular uses MAT or medication-assisted treatment for some of our patients, all medications that are used to help them maybe overcome the physical aspects of addiction, like the cravings or to avoid withdrawal, which will often lead someone to go right back into it. Group therapy, like I said, a lot of addiction is a lack of connectedness, and my job in particular is focused on group therapy. And it's crazy the the difference you will see in a person within just a matter of weeks just because they feel understood and connected to others. We also use something called urge surfing. I don't know if you've heard of it before.
0: I haven't. Could you explain that term?
1: Yeah. So it's kind of like a combination of mindfulness with acceptance. So when you are experiencing a craving or an urge, are Instinct is to try to avoid it, right? To try to distract away from it and do something else or deny that we're having it. But urge surfing doesn't want you to do that. It wants you to feel it, it wants you to accept that it's there and acknowledge it first before you can move on. And rather than being afraid of your urge, taking interest in how it's affecting you and paying attention and being an observer of what's going on, it's it's strangely very helpful.
0: That's amazing. I think acceptance is where change can begin to happen, no matter, no matter what aspect of your life. I think taking accountability, seeking help, is a really powerful way to create change. We've already established the large economic cost of substance abuse. I've done a bit of research. According to the Australian government website, the social cost of alcohol misuse in Australia in 2010 was estimated at $14.35 billion. The UN World Drug Report in 2016 reported that the amount of heroin users in the United States has hit a 20-year high. So clearly, substance abuse is an ongoing issue. How do we go about tackling some of these issues related to mental health globally?
1: Yeah. So what I will say is that education around addiction, again, really needs to become more mainstream. There's just so many misconceptions, especially about MAT. MAT is a life saving resource for a lot of our patients, and they are discouraged because they're being told, oh, well, you're just replacing one addiction with another when there's so much more to it. Again, access to treatment. I'm lucky that I work with an agency that provides good care, so I know that my clients are going to be set up with continued therapy after they leave our program. Because, you know, recovery is a really long road. So it's it's not just, you know, you go to rehab and you're good. It's a lifelong thing. And finally, reducing shame around substance use. I think that we need to disconnect the idea of your value or who you are from your addiction. I think seeing addiction as a human experience rather than a human is really important.
0: Mm. And speaking of spreading awareness, you've recently started a podcast called Peace With Pain. Could you explain what your podcast is about and what inspired you to create it?
1: Yeah. So do you know who Marsha Linehan is?
0: I don't. Okay. Some of our listeners might. Some of our listeners might.
1: Yes. Yeah, they might. So if you know her, kudos to you, Marsha Linehan. I'm a huge fan of hers. She is the founder of Dialectical Behavioral Therapy, and she has a fascinating story of resilience herself. She suffers or suffered from a borderline personality disorder. You know, still today, there's a huge stigma attached to PPT, even in. The mental health world. If you are diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, it is really hard to get treatment. People will turn you away. Wow. And Marsha was not having any of this. She was like, I don't want to believe that there isn't a treatment for people like me. And I don't want to believe that we can't get better. And she created one of the most influential evidence-based treatment approaches. I just loved her story. And I use her DBT skills with my patients almost daily and I see it doing good things for them. And I just love the concept that she always states, you can have a beautiful life filled with joy Mm. even while experiencing pain. And I just want that message to be spread.
0: And that's what you're hoping to do through your podcast?
1: Definitely, yes.
0: That's amazing. The idea of resilience is an important message, and it's one that you aim to promote through your podcast. How can we as individuals build resilience to overcome whatever adversity we may face or continue to face throughout our life?
1: So I love that you asked this question because I go over this with my patients often. So a person who is resilient sees adversity as temporary, specific, and external. So if I'm experiencing something and I'm a resilient person, I'm going to know this problem is not going to last forever. It's going to eventually end. It is specific to this one area of my life, right? If the thing that I'm having an issue with is, you know, I'm having a hard time at work, right? I I know that, yes, I have a difficult time connecting to others at work, but I can see myself connecting to others outside of here. So this isn't going to penetrate all areas of my life. Mm. And finally they think it's external. So if I am a resilient person, I'm not going to internalize all the problems that have happened. I'm going to look at all of the other external causes. Of course, there are some things we need to take accountability for. We do create problems sometimes, but I think it's important to frame things that we face in that way. So temporary, specific, and external.
0: And to understand that we have the power to change as well. We've we've already yes. mentioned that. I was listening to something the other day. It was something like resilience is the speed and strength to which you are able to change.
1: Yeah. Being willing to do that and accept that we need to live life on life's terms. And there's a lot of things that are not in our control.
0: And taking accountability for the things that we can control for sure. Absolutely. We're starting to see discussion around mental health become more mainstream, and I guess there has been a bit of a stigma around mental health, the view that men, for example, who are open about their feelings are seen as weak. These stigmas are beginning to change. How do we break down these stigmas and change the conversation around mental health?
1: We have come a long way, but we we certainly still have a long way to go from here. I have seen a lot in psychology how much modeling to others has a powerful effect on change. From a young age, modeling to your child that boys and men can cry and it's totally great and we can access tools to cope with these emotions when they get too big, but also I don't believe in the whole concept of it. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Modeling to your friends and your family and adulthood as well. What you're doing right now, right? Having this conversation is really important. Being vulnerable and being willing to talk about it with people is huge. And thanks for asking the question, honestly.
0: I think it's equally important to realize though, is that just because you may be feeling like you're having a bad day doesn't necessarily mean that you are depressed.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like, I think it's easy in today's society for people to feel victimized and feel like they can't change their situation. But I think when we start acknowledging that we have the power to change, I think that's when great things begin to happen. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think being empowered by our own abilities can also help. And yes, oftentimes people will experience depression and lean on the idea that there's a chemical imbalance in my brain when there's so much more to it and we have so much more power to change our situation than what we might be giving ourselves credit for.
0: I heard a quote the other day by someone named Wayne Dyer and I absolutely love it. It went, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.
1: Yes.
0: I thought it was just such a powerful one.
1: I love that one and I'll add to it. I have this quote in my living room that says, the secret to having it all is believing that you already do.
0: Mm, Gratitude.
1: So again, changing your perspective.
0: I want to get your thoughts on mental health in the age of COVID-19 because obviously that's quite topical at the moment.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The world is doing it tough right now, particularly in America where you're from. People have lost jobs. A lot of people are feeling a bit anxious about the future. Do you have any practical advice as to how people can look after their mental health and those around them during these times of uncertainty?
1: Sure. I would say boundaries are really important. So setting boundaries with yourself on how much time you're looking at media and also setting boundaries with what you're consuming in terms of media, it can become really toxic and unhealthy if you're just constantly looking at bad news. So in terms of supporting others, right, opening up the conversation. But again, going back to boundaries, maybe you have a lot going on right now. It's okay to take some time to be by yourself. It's okay to... Maybe not have that conversation with your friend if you're overloaded already with too much. If you need to take time for you so that you can be a better friend and then go listen and really take it all in without being worried about your own stuff, that's cool too. Supporting your loved ones by, you know, asking them how you're doing and truly being in a place where you can listen especially those in the black community right now, being willing to listen and just sit back and taking it all in and not really making it about you at this time is really important.
0: I love that idea of self-care and listening to others because when you begin to listen, that's when we begin to have these conversations and we begin to learn from others. And I think that's so important, as you mentioned. Absolutely. This pandemic in many ways has negatively impacted the mental health of our world. Do you think there's some positives we can take away from this crisis in regards to the idea of social connection, for example, as people try to support one another?
1: I can really only speak to my experience in the the therapy world. What good has come out of it is that we now, after having to quickly adapt to doing therapy online, We have now reached patients who normally might not have come out to treatment, which is really great. And now that we have access to these other tools and understand them because we've had to learn and adapt and overcome, you know, patients are learning other ways to stay connected with each other outside of the hospital and finding other ways to just continue to seek treatment, whether it's in our program or with other therapists who are doing things online. And in terms of supporting one another, yeah, I think that it's weird because we all have to be apart to some degree, but we have come together in a lot of ways too. And, And thank God in some ways this happened in 2020 and not prior to like access to internet and smartphones mm. i think it would have been a lot more difficult
0: and once again that idea of resilience is such a such a theme throughout this pandemic and mm. even mental health brittany i want to thank you so much for this conversation that we've just had and thank you for joining me on the passion effect podcast it was a pleasure to have you
1: thank you so much for having me i was really excited that you would ask me so um hey if you have a story to share in my podcast i'd love to have you
0: Speaking of which, where can people get in contact with you, Brittany?
1: So you can find me on my Instagram, Peace with Pain Podcast. You can email me at peacewithpainpodcast at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear
0: from you. Great. Fantastic. And that wraps up episode 10 of the Passion Effects Podcast. If you found today's episode valuable, go leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast with a friend to help spread the message of mental health. Stay safe, stay healthy everyone and until next time, keep following your passions. I'll see you next week.